Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. And before we jump into the really cool stuff that we're going to bring you today, we have a super important message for you. Did you hear that Brilliantly Resilient, the book is out in the world and it landed on the top 100 bestsellers list. That's where it debuted. We're so excited. Go get it at amazon.com. Search Brilliantly Resilient and you'll see it in Kindle and paperback. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We have one of our favorite people with us today. <laughs> and I always say that this uh, this meeting with this guy was ordained by God because I literally found him on a website with 8 million people when we needed <laughs> help with our website. <laughs> and we have become fast friends. And as is usually the case, when we meet people, we find out there's so much more to their story. So we are excited to bring you our buddy, Jacob Keneally today to tell us all about his life story and what he's been up to. Jacob, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. I am so excited to be on here today, guys. <laughs> We're okay, wait, before we, before we dive in, we should have, we should have um, made sure that we had Jacob sign off beforehand. The non-disclosure, you have to just say <laughs> that we are completely organized and pleasant to deal with. <laughs> Of course, of course. Jacob knows all of our secrets and all of the things that we don't know, which could fill volumes, doctors of nothing over here. So I met you when we were looking for help with our website. And I met you through a site called Fiverr, where you were out there as a website guy. And again, you know how much we love our website and everything that you did for us. But as I said earlier, as is usually the case, when we get to meet people, we always find out that there is so much more to their story and web design and all that stuff. That's kind of your side gig. And it's not necessarily your, you know, your main gig. And the reason that I want to talk to you um, when when we are recording this The Surgeon General recently just came out with a statement that there is a major mental health crisis in this country for young people. And that's kind of your wheelhouse. So lead us up to where you were five years ago, which is not where you are now, and what your work is today. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, quite the story, Mary Fran. (laughs) Um, Like you said, it started five years ago. I mean, I was probably 14 or 15. I mean, it's almost been six years, seven years by this point. Um, And I was just not in a good place in my life. I mean, I had all this social anxiety. I was 45, 50 pounds overweight. Um, I had pretty bad mental state really. Um, And I had the worst part of all of it was I had these chronic allergies that I would get like four times every year, like twice a year, I could pinpoint the exact time these allergies would hit me. And it would take me out like two weeks on end, I'd be curled up in a fetal position with I'd be coughing, I'd have this runny nose. Um, So my health was not good. My mental state was not good. It was probably the lowest of lows that I've been in to date. Um, And so during this time, I mean, I knew I wasn't in a good spot. So I'd be like looking up YouTube videos, like how can I better my life per se. 
Um, and I was trying to do all this research on my own, but I just didn't have like a framework. I didn't really know what to do to change. Um, and at the same time, I was going through all of this stuff, which was in high school, which just made it all <laughs> even oh, funner. Yeah, just made it all better. Um, my mother was going through her own health problems as well. She had, um, Hashimoto's disease, which is a thyroid disorder, the chronic autoimmune condition. So she's trying to figure out what to do with this. I mean, she's had this for 20 plus years in her life and she goes to a doctor, she gets her pills and nothing really gets better. It's just kind of the cycle that keeps going on. Um, and so by some stroke of luck, she found, this book um, by a woman who was able to heal her Hashimoto's disease and put it in remission. Um, and, you know, my mother had tried all the bells and whistles out there and she saw this and she was skeptical at first. Um, but she was like, you know, I've done everything possible. So like, let's just give it a shot, see what happens. And so that kind of starts our journey where we're learning about diet and lifestyle and nutrition, mindset, all of these pieces that, make someone quote unquote healthy. I don't really like to use the term healthy or unhealthy, bad or good. Um, so we kind of just jumped right in and uh, I saw her making a little progress with her diet and lifestyle. And I saw these changes she was making. And I was like, I want to do that. Wait a second. You're making progress. I'm kind of in a similar position with all my health and mindset stuff. I want to head the direction you're heading. So, I mean, thank God for her and that book she found because, um, I mean, it just was a whole world of change that happened in my life. So just to go into a little more detail, I mean, I cut out gluten, dairy, soy, and sugar from my diet in a span of like a month. Like we went very radical diet change. Um, and a lot of these things are just kind of, um, they can have a negative impact on your immune system. So that's kind of why we started there. Um, and then we got into morning routines and mindset stuff and kind of uh, waking up early, meditating, being grateful every morning, just totally rewiring everything about myself and my body and my life. Um, and within three months of making these changes, I was down 45 pounds. My allergies that were supposed to come back, like, as I said, I could pinpoint when they would come. They didn't come back. Um, my social anxiety was like totally gone because I mean, I just shed all this weight and I had totally in this abundant gratitude state, just like at the snap of a fingers and three months from making all these changes. And I was just on cloud nine um, from all of this. And it was just a whole new world for me. And that's where I think a lot of my confidence came back, um, especially knowing that me, just some schmuck who used to be, you know, what I, where I was at that time in such a short period of time, I could make this kind of change. And if I can do that, then, I mean, anybody can do Like I was, wow. I just wish you guys could have seen me, Mary Fran and Kristen. I was I'm, totally I'm different than what you see now. From, from what I've known, how I've known you in these past few months working together, and you always have a bright smile. You always are patient and kind and grateful and happy. And to hear that, that you were in such a, a struggling spot just five years ago, first of all, and, and with the level of struggle, I mean, it's like, it's, it's chipping away at my heart a little bit, but at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of beaming from my heart too, that you're, you're naming so many of the, of the things of the process of being brilliantly resilient 
Um, but I do have one question for you. Were your mom, have you and your mom always been real tight and communicated on a level like this where you're sharing tools and resources? Absolutely. Heck no. <laughs> me and my mom, my mom, my mom, when I was a kid, she used to tell me that I would be the best lawyer because of how much I argued with her and tried to just push her away. Really? Um, so absolutely not. No. We, so how did you come I mean, it wasn't together like, to listen to her and, and do this journey together to heal? It was, I was just the combination of where I currently was. I mean, I didn't really have any other avenues that I knew to go. Um, and I mean, she did just have this unconditional love for me oh. where, I mean, she, she pushed me. And I think that was kind of one of the key things in my journey was that she was an accountability partner for me. I mean, mm -hmm. I would not have been able to stick with this as a 14 year old in high school where I'm bringing my gluten-free sandwich to lunch with my fruit <laughs> and my veggies sitting in a high school cafeteria. Um, I would not have been able to stick with all these changes. Um, I don't even know if I would have honestly been able to push myself to make these changes if she wasn't there as a support system helping me as I go on this journey. That's wow. one of the things that struck me when you started talking about all this. I mean, 14 years old, that is an amazing time to make the commitment on the level that you did and see it through. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing teenagers are always saying, oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And it lasts, you know, 3.2 seconds and then they're on to the next thing. But for you to be able to make that commitment, did you immediately start to like feel better? Did you, I mean, what made you stick with it? I guess is what I'm getting to. Did you see results quickly? Um, relatively. So when we first started, I mean, it sucked. It really did. Like to just... <laughs> Because thank you for saying that. <laughs> we always tell everybody it's not all unicorns and rainbows. It's hard. <laughs> yes, it was not fun. Um, I mean, I keep bringing up the high school thing. I just think that makes it so much harder where I was, like being surrounded by my peers who aren't necessarily supportive of what I'm doing at that time or don't even understand it really. Um, so no, it was very hard at first. I would say like the first three weeks at least or longer the first month, it was not fun. But then I started feeling lighter. My, I started having, like, I could notice my thoughts were just better. Like I just felt better. Um, like my skin, it was just every, it was just starting, I was glowing. I just started glowing and I could notice that of myself. Um, and that's just kind of what kept me going. Once I started noticing those small little things shifting I did not want to go back. And so, yes, to answer your question, it was tough at first, but with my mother as that support system and just kind of that internal drive that I had where I was just not in a good place and I am willing to do whatever it takes to try and get out of this. Um, and I'm so thankful that I stuck with it. And here I am today. Wow. Well, you're verbalizing one of the, one of the greatest, if only good parts of when the bottom completely falls out and you're at the bottom of the pit, because then when you have that thought of, well, <laughs> I do not want to stay here. Can't possibly get worse. I have to do something. And so many of us are pushed to that point of when nothing is working, then you got to try something that might actually work. Now, I don't understand why we can't like right before we hit the bottom of the pit say, <laughs> Maybe I should take an action step out of this thing. <laughs> no, we just got to level out <laughs> the mm -hmm. bottom and then try. And then, and then I guess that is a, one of the best ways to start because what could it hurt, 
right? I mean, if, if, if you can't feel any worse, why not try this? And why not try it with the person that I've been pushing away my whole life um, and get results <laughs> together? But it's, it's a fantastic testament to also having an accountability partner, mm-hmm. asking for help, raising your hand and saying, will you make sure that I you know, stay on this track? I mean, I do it every morning with a group with just how running businesses and stuff to have somebody that is going to help you be accountable is a phenomenal way to, then you can, I always look at it as I can blame them. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it didn't work out because you, it was you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sort of. <laughs> So did other kids, like, did, did other people notice this in you? And did that kind of help to keep you on track? Like, again, we're talking teenagers here. What was the reaction when people started to see this change in you? And did that kind of feed you? I mean, you know, let's, it, it, it has to have had a positive effect on you. Um, well, there's a moment that I remember um, when I was making these changes. A lot of it actually happened over the summer. So it's like I left school one year. I come back. I'm like, boom, who, like, who is this Jacob kid? What happened? Um, <laughs> but so I remember my best friend at the time, um, he, like he knew I was making these changes and all this stuff. And he was just like, one day he's like, I don't even like know you anymore. Like, who are you? Like, you're just not the same Jacob. Um, and unfortunately he was saying that in kind of the negative aspect, like, I don't even know you, like, like what's going on here. Um, and so that was kind of the process for me. I was outgrowing all of these people and I was getting into all these new things, like all this being healthy, working on your mindset, like setting huge goals and ambitions and going after them. I mean, kids my age were not into that yet. Um, And you know, you make a really valid point. There does come sometimes when we're on these journeys, those people who, because they are comfortable where they are, they don't want to see us move out of that spot. And, and it's unfortunate, but you do have to be willing to say, Hey, you know, go with God, but I can't stay here to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hey, yeah. Kid, kids our age have the same problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah, transformation it's just, it's, is very uncomfortable for people that are used to us being in a certain spot. Mm-hmm. They don't like it. And, and that's one of the biggest things I've learned on this journey is a lot of times when I feel that from people, that resistance, I know that I'm really onto something big and it's, you know, come along or get out of the way. And unfortunately it's just too uncomfortable for some folks. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, a lot, one of the common kind of cliche sayings, not even cliche, cause it's true. It's um, you know, you are who you spend like your five closest, you become your five closest friends pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that time, I mean, my five closest friends were, it just, we were on a different le- like playing field at this time. So my kind of social circle towards the middle to end of high school really became tons and tons of books and tons and tons of podcasts of, I mean, people like you mentors, influential people, business leaders, leaders, health experts, um, and so even though they weren't my physical circle, they were influencing me. And so I think that's just kind of contributed to and accelerated my growth at that time where I could, because of podcasts and videos and articles and all this stuff, I could keep, I could be surrounded by all this good stuff and keep growing. You make a really valid point because we talk a lot of times about your first level contacts are not always the ones that help move you forward on certain journeys. You know, they're, they're, you're, the, the, your near and dearest are, are always going to be important to you, but you have to be willing to broaden your circle. And sometimes that can be a little challenging because transitions always are. 
until you find that actual new, as you call it, that physical circle of people that you can, you know, literally be with. But you make a really valid point that that transition spot can be uncomfortable. But to Kristen's point, when the people that you're, you know, not, you're starting to not see that commonality with anymore are, are the ones kind of holding you back, it's very brave. And it was very brave of you at that time to be able to say, I, I know this is a little lonely, but I need this more mm. than I need to the physical contact with people that are not in the place I want to be. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I would agree. I think it was, it was brave and it was courageous, but on the other hand, I think for my story and my journey, it was just the perfect timeline for where I was at that point in time. I mean, I was an introvert. I loved spending time alone at that, like back when I was not, (laughs) yeah. Um, at least I told myself I was an introvert, but now that I've gone through this whole shift, I mean, I don't really consider myself an introvert anymore. I think I've just kind of, I don't really know too much about the psychology or however, if you can actually change being an introvert or become an extrovert or whatever it is. Um, But yeah, just on my journey, I started as an introvert and I think it worked out because I was okay being alone and just being by myself and doing what I need to do. Um, And now I've come out the other side, as I've said 600 times now that I'm a totally new person. Let, let's, um, I'm so interested to hear about your, your, um, mindset stuff and your, I think you mentioned your morning routine and, and, um, setting goals. What, how does that look and how did you come into that piece of this? Yeah, that is, I just absolutely love talking about all this stuff now. Um, so, you know, I go through this whole health journey, the health stuff was the focus, the diet and the lifestyle and working on all that stuff. Um, and the mindset piece came just a little bit after, I had come through this transformation. Um, I remember the first book that I picked up on personal development was called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. <laughs> I knew we were best friends for a reason. <laughs> you are interesting story, boy. He saved my life. He saved my sanity with that book. Yeah, yeah. That book revolutionized. After I'd gone through my first revolution, this book then just totally opened me up to, do you know what, Jacob, that's exactly how I am too. Cause I had to do the survival thing, I guess first. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, what, what am I going to do next? And that's yeah. when I found the miracle morning too. Yeah. And that just opened me up to this whole new world of possibilities. Um, so he preaches like the savers you wake up. I think he's, he doesn't really give you a specific time, but you could do like 4am kind of thing, 5am, 6am. And then you do your silence affirmations visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing, which is like journaling. Mm -hmm. Um, So I learned kind of his framework. um, And I just, I don't know, I just fell in love with it in the moment. I just thought, you know, this sounds amazing. So that kind of started me on the mindset in this personal growth journey. Um, And now, I mean, my morning routines are sacred now. And that's like, it's just amazing. And I've just, I add all these new things. I stick with those savers. Um, but I mean, now I'm doing all this crazy stuff. I don't know if you've heard of Wim Hof. He's like the ice man. He does ice baths. So I'm doing oh, yeah. ice cold showers in the morning, all these breathing exercises and meditations. Um, and I think for anyone who's getting started on this journey or who wants to know, like, what's one thing that I can do to get started? Like, how can I, I, I seem like I'm in a similar position to where you were Jacob, or I'm just not 
as um, happy as I could be. Maybe that's not the way to phrase it. But for someone who's looking for something to step up, I think a morning routine is a great place to start. Um, something even as simple as waking up 30 minutes earlier than you do so that you can have time for yourself, just dedicated time to actually work on yourself or work on your goals. Because most of us are just going through the motions every single day. And we don't even sit down to think about what do I want? Like, who am I? What's my purpose? Who do I want to serve? Like, I don't think I know I when I was back going through through all my stuff, I wasn't thinking about these questions. Mm-mm. Um, and in your morning and the silence of the morning is a great place to get grounded and present and really just think about these questions and work on yourself and develop yourself into who you want to be. So, you know, it's, I think that my love for this, for the miracle morning and how Elrod and how he approaches this, I think it's because we all end up and I'm, I'm, I will admit I'm a little bit of a type A. I like things in control and I like to do a million things at once. Right. And we have so many roles that we're playing. You know, you have to, you have to be the breadwinner. You have to be the mom. You have to be the, the business partner, you have to, all these roles. And in the miracle morning, I think it was the first time in my life that somebody said to me through his book and podcast, Hey, this is all about you. And what do you want? I think that's why, and you said the word sacred too. I think that that's why my five to 6 AM is so sacred to me. Even my dogs know, like they sit there and they wait, <laughs> they wait for me because I don't even talk to the dogs because it really is all about what does Kristen want? What are my goals and how does everybody fall into that? Cause then the rest of my day, is everybody else that comes into the journey, but I get to focus in the morning. And I've actually started now the evening part of it before I go to bed. Cause my mind was swirling. I actually couldn't wait to get to the morning to, to hammer it out again. And I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. And, and how has this evening part too, where you review so that you can sleep, you know, and have your mind clear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the evening routine is, I mean, you can add a routine anytime in your day, yeah. just having some kind of ritual. That's an interesting word, but just a sacred space where you can think about these questions. Um, and a lot of people, the criticism with waking up early is, well, I, how can I do that? Like, there's no way I can wake up super early. Um, but there's all these like tools and tactics that really work. I mean, Mel Robbins, she says, be like a rocket ship in the morning. Mm-hmm. As soon as you wake up, count down like five, four, three, two, one, blast off and just get your butt out of bed um, I gotta tell you that's not how I do it <laughs> <laughs> I don't do her rocket ship thing <laughs> no you don't blast off every day with all that bundle nope. of energy nope right? I have two alarms you. and I talk to myself after the one alarm and then I ease myself out and get that cup of coffee and then me and then me and Hal connect <laughs> There you go. Well, that's also, I mean, that's an important point too, that it's going to look different for everyone. Yes. Um, And that was kind of a big thing, especially with uh, kind of the work that I'm doing now. And I was super strict with the diet that I was on was called like paleo, um, Mm -hmm. you know, meats, vegetables, organic, all natural stuff like that. Um, And I was dead set on like, I am only going to eat this way and everybody else should eat this way too, which is just such a bad mindset. And that's something that I really had to grow out of that, you know, health looks different for everyone and mindset and everything looks different for everyone. We all have this, um, it's the idea of bio-individuality where, you know, what works for me isn't going to work for you. What works for my health might even be harmful to your health. And so um, you were saying something earlier, Kristen, too, like, 
uh, when we were talking about outgrowing friends, like how can we get them to kind of join along us or something along those lines? And I think that's a question I've been struggling with. Like, how can I get people to make this a priority in their life before they hit rock bottom? Um, and I think the answer that I've come to is just that I can't, you know, it's not my responsibility to try to help someone figure like realize that they're about to hit bottom rock bottom they need to kind of make it their own responsibility and have their own reasons why so that they can um make it happen for themselves yeah you're right yeah i really like that 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 part of the mindset because especially you know when we when we have this sort of realization and we realize that things are working for us we we want to share it and that's that's quite natural but you do have to respect, and Kristen and I say this all the time, you have to respect where other people are. You have to respect exactly. where they're coming from. You have to respect their backgrounds and their story. And, and that's where you lead by example, I guess. That's where you, you know, you show people and you offer. That's all you can do. You, you know, you can offer. So take us into what you are doing now. And, and by the way, I just have to say this piece because it just blows me away. You're a concert pianist. I don't know why that just blows me away, but there is so much to you that is the, the discipline with which mm. you live your life and the way you approach things is a real strength of yours. And we talk about people's brilliance. And I think that's really part of yours because everything that you do requires commitment and practice and, and a work ethic. And those are the kinds of things that that you do very naturally. And this is where we talk about brilliance, but moving on from that, um, tell us what you are doing now. I mean, I know you, this, like you've kind of, you've established a program. Is that correct? Um, I'm working on a program currently. Um, so there's, it's really hard for me to pinpoint exactly what I'm doing. Cause I'm doing a lot of things right now. Um, and so that's kind of one of the things moving into 22, I really want to hone in on focus on just kind of one big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, aside from all the website stuff, as you said, that's kind of the side piece. Um, last year, I actually studied at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is a holistic health coach certification program. Uh, and that was one of the best experiences of my whole life. I mean, every week I was having calls from like-minded people in South Africa and Asia, like all over the world. And we could just sit down over Zoom like this and have a conversation and just for like three hours, just geeking out on all this health and mindset <laughs> stuff. Um, and so I made a lot of great friends through that, which, I mean, going back to finding your circle, that program was huge for me finding my circle. Um, and so now I am a certified holistic health coach, and this is kind of the direction that I want to head. I mean, I'm still really young and this is stuff that I want to grow as I get older. Um, but I am in the process of creating programs and I have actually helped a few clients kind of overcome some mindset stuff, work on their health. Um, and I really just, my focus is on helping young adults or kind of the younger generations who are going to be the future um, transform their lives. I'm in the business, I want to be in the business of transforming lives. And that's kind of the direction I'm heading just because, I mean, when I came to college, I was this innocent little shy kid for, in high school back during all this. Um, I come to college and I see there's just like everyone, a lot, not everyone, a lot of people seem like they just don't have any drive or purpose or they're just going through the motions. They're just, I don't even know why I'm going to college. I'm just going because that's just the path that was set for me. And everyone's just kind of going, but they don't mm -hmm. really know where they're going. Um, 
and so when I, I just really want to help people figure out where they're going <laughs> pretty much. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Hopefully that answered your question a little bit. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head when, when young adults say, this is the path that was set for me, you know? So unfortunately, well, we're of necessity when, when kids are young, they have a path set for them, but there comes a point at which they, they can and should break away from that path, but they're not experienced in that because so few choices have been theirs up to that point. And I think this is probably a really basic elemental part of their lives that they can take control of right away. But it's not one that's on the uppermost consciousness of young people, precisely because they're young people, right? So do you find that um, that that awareness is something that you have to bring to young people? Like, look, this is take control of this and other stuff, good stuff starts to happen. Absolutely. I think, um, I mean, yeah, leading by example, you just have to show them that there are these other I mean, there's more to life than what you see currently, and there can be other possibilities. Uh, I think a lot of kids just, we all have, I mean, everybody has limiting beliefs and we often just don't think I can never, like, I can never do that, or that could never be me. Um, but this isn't true. And I like, you should question, why are you thinking this? Like, what's making you think? Why, why can't you do something? Because I mean, I'm a firm believer that you can honestly do whatever the heck you want to do. Like, if you want to do something, just go freaking do it because it's <laughs> I mean, never in my whole life um, did I think that I'd be where I am now. Like I, when I was at that point four five, six years ago, there was no possible way that I could envision this future that I'm at now. Um, and so knowing that that's possible, I know it's possible for other people. And that's, I mean, you can't, like we said, it's their responsibility to kind of figure it out for themselves, but it's our responsibility to kind of show the way and be that good example um, and kind of just give them little boosts and support the right direction um, so that they can realize that for themselves. You know, I'm, I'm coming back to this whole, if people would embrace the sucker punches, right? Embrace it as the opportunity, you know, as we say, and Mary Fran talks about all the time, it really strips down all of what you thought was your life and your plan and all that. And you get to really evaluate what are your values? What are your dreams? What are the things that you have at your disposal that you can utilize and, and your brilliance? And I know it's hard for people to, to digest that statement of embrace your sucker punch, but I feel like, especially since we're talking about young people, I know we started this by saying, you know, the surgeon general says there's a mental health crisis with our youth. What if we harnessed this time right now to say to kids, Yes, all of these things didn't go well. And it's probably the first time for a lot of them that they didn't get to have the graduation they were promised. And, you know, because we've all been putting out the nice yellow brick road for them that they didn't have to struggle to figure anything out. So what if we embrace this time to say, now let's really explore who you really are and what you you really want to do as opposed to the other things people had planned for you? Could be interesting. It could be. Um, and I think that's another a good tool that you can use for that. It's just journaling. Something like if you want to mm. get started, start journaling right on a piece of paper. It's the simplest, most cheapest thing you could possibly do. Um, and you can just say, who am I? And maybe you don't know the answer to that question, but just write something down. What do I want to do in life? 
write something down, even if you have no clue. Um, because once you start thinking about these things and get it in your head, it'll ruminate in there, even when you're not consciously thinking about it. And one day you might have an epiphany, or even if you have no epiphany, something might come up and you can just choose to head that direction. Even if you don't know it for certain, you can head that direction and see what happens. So, I mean, journaling is just such a a basic thing that you can do five minutes, 10 minutes, however long you want to do, sit down with a pencil in your hand and see what comes up because there's a lot you can learn about yourself and what you want um, just in that simple practice. I think you are so right about all of that because what ends up happening is we get distracted by the everyday nonstop, you know, stuff that's being shot at us from life. And just taking that time to ask yourself those very simple, very basic questions, it opens a door to the subconscious that's always there in the background working anyway, but we don't think about it because it's not right in front of our faces. It's not on a screen. It's not, you know, uh, right at us but it allows you to shift your mind in a very subtle way to allow you to start thinking about those bigger questions directly for when you're writing for five minutes and then indirectly in the back of your mind. And then suddenly, as you said, this is what I love. Maybe you'll have an epiphany and maybe you won't, but because you don't always have that aha moment Mm -hmm. and that's fine. Like people Mm -hmm. think that in order to discover their brilliance and what they're supposed to do, they have to have this big revelation. It doesn't happen that way. It happens by taking these small steps on a journey and seeing where you go. And Mm -hmm. I'm just so glad that we had an opportunity to talk to you today and to get to know, I mean, I just, I just, as I said, this was an, it was an ordained meeting by God. And I just have loved so much about you from the beginning. And I'm really glad that we get to share you with everybody in our brilliantly resilient tribe. So first of all, is there anything that you want to add before we wind up? And then also where can people find you and get hold of you so we can get more Jacob Keneally brilliance? (laughs) Yeah, I think um, the one thing that I just want to leave people with is that you can do anything. You really can. I mean, I'm a 21 year old kid who has totally changed his life. He's got businesses he loves. I, I use myself in the second person or whatever. What I, I have businesses <laughs> I love. I mean, I'm just, my life, I just couldn't have imagined a, like where I am now. And I know that for a lot of people out there, you probably can't envision anything different than your current situation too. Um, but it's just baby steps. I mean, what I said, journaling, doing a morning routine, these are very simple things that you can start. And that's a misconception people have about health, wellness, and kind of changing your life, that it's a huge aha or doing super hard things. But it's just this compounding effect of doing something really simple, like journaling or spending two minutes meditating a day or waking up two minutes earlier, just very tiny things. You do them every day and you won't even recognize yourself a year from the road. So Love it. that's what I want to leave you with. You can find me at jacobkeneally.com. Um, and I'm also on Instagram, uh, Keneally underscore Jacob, I believe. So, yeah. Well, I have to tell you, Tribe, this is a guy that you have to get to know. He's, first of all, he's a light. He's always kind. He's always patient, which is not easy with us. I mean, let's call that what it is. It's not always easy to be patient and understanding with us, but he's wonderful. Um, You are a light in our lives. You've helped us in so many ways. And I'm so glad that we got to share your story about transformation because it is so important for young people. So Jacob, thanks so much for joining us today. We loved having you. 
Absolutely. I really appreciate it, guys. And Kristen, yeah. I'm going to let you take us out with all of your, tell everybody what we need to do. Thanks so much, Jacob. I can't stop smiling. I'm like, we are a miracle morning, buddies. I won't text you at 5 a.m., I promise. <laughs> but everybody out there, um, go see the beautiful website that, that Jacob built for us with his patience, kindness, and talent at brilliantlyresilient.net. If you blink three times, you will have this amazing pop-up window that you don't even have to go find. And you can add your name to our email list to get a bit of brilliance every week delivered right to your inbox. And listen, for all of you that may have teens or young adults in your lives that are struggling, get on our email list because that is where we are focusing the next couple of months with some projects that we have going on to help empower our young people to um, embrace the time that we're in and transform the crisis that they're feeling right now. So get on our email list at brilliantlyresilient.net and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.